Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Lord, we welcome you here this morning, and we ask that our hearts would align with yours. Father, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit today. Father, thank you, Lord, for giving uh, us this opportunity to share your word and you with others. Help me, Lord, to lay my burdens down, Lord, today. Lord, you say that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So be with us here today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to go to Psalms today. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Psalms. Um, One of the things I love about this book is you can go to Psalms when you're happy or sad. There's always something in there for you when you're sick or well, there's something there for you. And it's right in the middle of the Bible. So it works really well. You just open the Bible up in the middle, and there it is, Psalms. Um, But I do want to say a couple of things about Psalm. Um, It's a book that the Jews used as their hymnal, and I use that in a very loose way. Um, But it is their songbook, and it's meant to be sung. It doesn't rhyme so much as the theme is throughout that verse, Um, whatever, you know, whatever chapter you're reading. And I think there's 150 um, chapters in that book. I'll have to check my notes. And and King David wrote about 73 for sure of those chapters and possibly more because there's a couple of chapters in there, maybe three or four of those that they give credit to him or someone else. But I don't know if you know this, but there's other authors. And if you go to some of your Bibles that have um, like a little, you know, background on it, you know, Moses read, wrote two of those Psalms. Um, um, Hezekiah wrote 10 of those Psalms. Uh, let's see. Got to look at my notes. Anyhow, um, I like the fact that David even wrote some of these psalms given to him by the Lord, of course, as a shepherd boy. I mean, think of him on the hills with his sheep and getting these words from the Lord and singing those. Um, You probably uh, remember um, that he sang for Saul when Saul was um, troubled and he would sing those psalms to Saul. Um, Anyhow, let me get right in. Oh, and of course, his son Solomon, I think, wrote two of the Psalms too. But let me start with Psalm 1. Blessed is the Lord, give us understanding of your word, please. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. 
Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but not the way of the wicked, and they will perish. Okay, that's a harsh message, right? And it really is talking about godly wisdom here, that um, there's two camps here, the righteous and the wicked. And it talks here about how the sinners will delight in the law of the Lord. They will meditate on it day and night. They're like a tree planted next to the water. And, you know, when you think about this tree planted next to the water, it's getting all of its nutrients from the water, from the earth there, and it withstands every type of weather. So we as Christians or people that are following Jesus, you know, it's not always going to be sunny days. It's going to be rainy days. It's going to be um, stormy days. But it says here that fruit will will um, it will yield fruit as well as the leaves will not wither, meaning will withstand all of the that type of weather. And um, and then, of course, on the other side, we've got the wicked who will perish. And, you know, I know that I'm not um, a John the Baptist, but I think about John the Baptist's ministry and his entire ministry was on asking people to repent and getting them ready to see Jesus, who he also baptized. And I believe they were cousins. But now is the hour. It's time for people to come to know Christ. Sorry. The time is short. And I want, you know, the Bible says he wants none to perish. No, not one. And he he, he means that. He loves everyone. He, he loves the righteous as well as the sinner. He was amongst the sinners when he was here. He ate with them. He wants all of us to be in heaven with him. He created us for himself. So time is short, people. Today would be the day of salvation for all of us. And it, today would be a day, good day for you. Anyhow, um, thank you, Jesus. This morning, um, I want to introduce you to my speaker. Um, his name is Dan Hubbard. I think I met him. We were just discussing this. I, I believe I met him in 2003. Um, we were doing Muslim ministry together for Arabic Christian perspective at the time. And I remember Dan as the person that would get all of the products together, everything that we were going to hand out and make sure that everybody was well equipped with things that um, either Bibles or tracts, whatever we're going to hand out that day. So, um, and, and I, I've known him for a long time and he's been in other ministries, but welcome, Dan. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay. It's uh, it's good to finally see you again in person because it's been years. I know. It it's been about 10 years, but we kind of have spoken a little bit on the phone and also mm -hmm. through Facebook and yeah. um, and through Texas. So texting, not Texas, the state, <laughs> but um, so welcome. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me on the show again. And God bless you for this show. I know a lot of people have already commented to me about uh, oh. how much they like the show. So, Well, all glory God to God, you. right? Amen. Okay, so Dan, um, I do know a little bit about your background, but for the viewers, I'd like to have you talk a little bit about um, your upbringing and where you grew up and, you know, high school and 
kind of okay. that sort of thing. All right. Well, I am a product of Southern California. Oh, good. Uh, born and raised and been here all my life. Yeah. Um, uh, we, I was born in the Valley, which if you're here, that's north of, Redondo, uh, of Los Angeles. And then we quickly uh, moved to the Redondo area. So I have did all my schooling in that area uh, and um, growing up and uh, came to know the Lord uh, in that area at the age of 31. But uh, So what high school did you graduate from? I went to Maricosa. Okay. In Manhattan and Beach. Did you go to college as well or did you uh, go to I, trade school? I did do some trade school. I did a little bit of college, uh, but more uh, being as I – uh, quickly transversed into doing, uh, you know, building, which uh, which my father was also uh, a carpenter. So I went into the trades and and your still spiritual to this dad day. too is a carpenter. Yeah, right? well, you have to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you know, I kudos to you because I know that when we were getting ready to sell the house in Anaheim, we called you to to do some carpentry work for us and thank you so much for doing that. Sure. I think you added a kitchen and for us and, yeah. and things like that. Okay, so um you you mentioned that you accepted the Lord in your thirties. Yeah. So tell us about um how the Lord was able to get you to finally see him. Yeah. Um you know, in in the area where I grew up, it's uh, and like most uh, areas these days, uh, drinking drugs were very prevalent. Uh, being in in the trades, uh, you know, we a lot of guys drinking and whatnot. So I went that route, and uh, it wasn't until <clears throat> the age of thirty one uh, where I was finally invited to church, and uh, my thought was church and uh, hey, girls, I'll go to, <laughs> I'll try this out. Oh, and, so uh, you're telling me you just went to church to uh, see girls? Unfortunately, that was my thinking at the time. But uh, um, the very first time there, I heard the gospel explained clearly, and uh, in the back, thinking that well, this is this is the truth. You know, I I know what the world is about. You know, being 31 years in the world, you get a pretty good idea of what's going on. You know, and, uh, how uh, there's a lot of uh, taking. You know, a lot of people abuse. Uh, abuse each other, abuse themselves. So that's a lifestyle that's hard to uh, continue. And uh, especially where I was, I was I was with some of the, uh, I was running with everybody. I was running with bikers and punk rockers and uh, the beach itself and, and then construction. So you're- So you found uh, yourself at church looking uh, for girls. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I like the way uh, one of my uh, friends analyzed it. They said, you went to pick up girls and God picked you up instead. I like that. <laughs> Okay, so tell me, you probably don't even remember the message. Maybe right. you do. I just but tell me how that happened message. for you. You're sitting um, in the seat, and what happens? I'm in the back. Uh, of There's probably 200, 250 people on a Sunday night. Uh, in what Hope church Chapel, was this? Hope Chapel, okay. Man, uh, Hermosa Beach. Okay, I know the church. Yeah, it's a very good church. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, Pastor Kurt Dolan was speaking that night, and he uh, guys a wonderful preacher, a very, very good teacher as well. And uh, he got done with his message and he simply said, there's somebody in here tonight and it's your first time here and we're going to pray until you come up. And immediately everybody goes in the prayer. I mean, all everybody's heads go down. And I never experienced anything like that. I was actually brought up Catholic and it had been 20, I, I figured it out later, it was 19 and a half years since I'd actually been inside the church. So you're but, sitting there thinking it can't be me he's talking about. 
Well, I'm not sure if I thought that at all. As a matter of fact, it wasn't too long before I thought they're they're praying for me, but I'm not going to go up there, <laughs> you know. So, so you're 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 I'm battling. I'm you're battling. battling. Yeah, I'm struggling with this. And uh, after say a couple minutes, uh, I realized that there was a spiritual battle going on, something I had never experienced before. I could almost sense it directly over my head, warfare happening. And uh, at a point, I thought, well, if I don't go up there, I'm going to be here all night long. And I stood up to go forward, and then I found myself back in my seat, as almost as something pushed me back down into my seat. And real, you know, now I'm scared, and I look around, and uh, as I pan to the right, uh, this head, familiar head pops up. It was uh, Nikki Tedesco. Uh, so you knew her before you I, got to church? I knew her from the beach she would come down there and preach to us kids as guys you know um saturday mornings a lot of times where uh you got the guys who are hung over from the party the night before and we're down at the beach still and and she would just you know give us this message of love you know i love you guys why are you doing this to yourselves and okay so you recognize her and she's standing to your right yeah she was actually sitting up front Okay. And she popped her head up from prayer and turned around and looked directly at me. Where And I put my head down, wanting to hide. And she immediately stands up. And uh, this is a gal who was born without a hip. She actually hobbles all the way to the back of the church, uh, which is a good-sized church, and comes down my aisle. And as she's getting closer, I'm like, oh, what is this? You know, she comes up and she grabs me by the hand. You know Jesus? And I go, yeah. She goes, go up and pray. So, so with I, her encouragement, you start walking. That long walk. I'm to going the... up front, and I think to myself, well, you know, if I'm going to do this, I want to wrap my heart around this prayer. You know, I don't want to be a hypocrite or, you know. And uh, got up there with the pastor, the only one up there praying, and I decided I want to pray this loud, you know, to, you know, I want to. Really mean it. Yeah. And I, so I prayed with the pastor, followed along with him. When I got done, the place jumps to its feet and just roars, you know. And I felt the Holy Spirit just go in me, and I, I kind of liken it to a, a Paulonian experience where you almost not you have to not he has to knock you off your horse you know in order to uh, get your attention right you know I tell people now that uh, my church prior was the bar and they had made me a deacon over there you know okay <laughs> I mean I was religiously in the bar so um, but these are the people God calls and uh, He anoints them for a purpose so um. so so you get <clears throat> saved that night. And do you feel a change or do you feel like, okay, I'm going to leave here and go back to the bar? No, I felt the change immediately. Okay. So tell me when you felt the calling on your life to, to, to serve the Lord and to be in some sort of ministry. Yeah. Well, the way that goes down is the next week I'm in church okay. and I'm hearing whatever message. It's, it's really hard to decipher at that point. Interestingly, the praise was just so powerful. I would just feel myself weeping and being cleansed. And the thought was, what about all my friends who've already passed? You know, nobody told them about this, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it was a burden on my heart to go and start sharing this immediately. And I had no clue what I was going to do. I just knew I had to go do it. So that began the process. Of, uh, of serving the Lord. Serving and the Lord. and how did that come into being? I mean, what kind of service to the Lord did you do like that first week? Yeah. Well, it, it was, uh, you know, it was some time. It was several months before and then being involved in church where they actually announced a uh, an outreach to the homeless community. And I thought, so, well, here's something I can do. So that was your first ministry that you joined? Yes. 
and and you, you uh, okay so i know this for a fact because that's still the ministry that you're attached to right now Correct. so tell us about the first day that you went out to do ministry for the lord okay well that was actually the day after christmas uh, and interestingly enough uh, so the first christmas i had as a christian i went home and of course uh, there was a lot of conflict and uh, did not feel like Christmas at all. But the day after, uh, we went down to serve the homeless on Skid Row. And uh, I had my, my work truck that I brought, so we utilized that and, and put uh, clothes in all the tables and the urns that had coffee and, and uh, soup and whatnot. And uh, we pulled up to Skid Row and hundreds. And you're talking about L.A.? Los Angeles, downtown Los okay. Angeles. Yeah. All right. And um, you just see people everywhere. You see blight you know you see uh drug use openly and uh, uh just uh you, you know this for sure is the lost you know so all forms of the lost yeah. there coming Absolutely. to be fed and and coming for a drink right. for their physical body yeah so you immediately have a couple hundred people in a line right uh, waiting to get whatever you got and so uh, we were kind of standing there for a second, and uh, I said, well, let's get this started. And I pulled the table out and put the coffee and the soup up and just started putting them up, and they started coming through line. And uh, several people falled, fell in behind me and began to do worship, began to sing carols. Wow. And I started to weep right there. I just really felt the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I thought, well, this is Christmas, right? This is what we're... That's this what, is what Christmas, Christmas is all about, right? Yeah. Because Jesus died for these people. For the lost, right. And and to help the people. Okay, so so here you are, and you, you're you on Skid Row, yeah. and you're thinking, I can do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I could more than do it. I was enjoying it so much, you know. Okay. And, uh, and God was really just uh, vitalizing me, you know, lifting me up and... And uh, so I thought, well, and, and I did that with them for some time before uh, I uh, went to a, a, another church uh, and asked them if they had a Skid Row ministry. And they said, uh, yeah, you're it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so now you're doing it for another another church, too. A small, Yeah, a much smaller church, a little church. And Okay, uh, so I want to get back to that first day that you're doing ministry okay. out there. Um, are you sharing Christ with these people, or are you just giving them food? Because the you know the Bible says it's His kindness that brings us to repentance. Amen. You know Jesus, you know says to give a person a cup of water in My name, and yeah. and so are you giving a cup of water in His name, or is there actually a formal you know like like sometimes the Salvation Army does where they they feed and give you the word too or is there no chance to give the word out there there was more uh you know they're they're organized uh, hope chapel's an organized church and they had their uh tracks and whatnot and then they had uh the minister who actually gave a message okay so. so gosh feeding them you know physically and their souls as well yeah that's awesome so you're you're now doing another ministry for another church, same type of ministry, ministry but on a squ- smaller scale. But you know that this is your calling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, Perfect. you know, I don't want to insult you, and I hope you don't take it that way. But the fact that they were homeless is the only difference because you were drinking and doing all the stuff that was going down, a lot of the stuff that was going down on Skid Row, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So I'm sure you recognize that this was maybe $1 away from 
being just like that. Sure. Oh, yeah. I know people, my friends, uh, who ended up down there. Right. And, uh, and did not fare well, you know. So, uh, but those are the people that God, you know, he calls people that have these connections for a reason. Right. Um, it's it's very powerful. Um, I'd like to say that uh, uh, when I got saved, God took uh, things away. He immediately removed certain things. Uh, other things became a process by which I needed to draw closer to God, and he removed them and, uh, you know, the sanctification uh, process. And uh, as I did so, he opened up doors to even more ministry. Wow. So, Okay, let's talk about that more <clears throat> ministry because if I remember correctly, um, you had a couple of ministries and doing the homeless ministry side by side. Mm-hmm. So one of which was the ministry to those that, that were in prison. Is that right? Yeah, we did that for almost three years. So let me ask about <clears throat> that and how that went down. So when you get into prison, are you just going to share Christ? Is it an organized thing? Did you go with someone else? How did that work? Uh, that was also through Hope Chapel. Okay. Uh, that was something I was kind of thrust in because uh, – I was saving money for what I thought was going to be a new work truck. Okay. Well, you know, God had other plans. He actually had me buy a van. Uh, as I'm driving down the road, there's a van for sale. And God said, buy this van. And I'm like, well, I need a work truck, Lord. <laughs> and uh, that's all he said. And I so I called the number. It happened to be a gal who was on the worship team at Hope Chapel. Wow. And I made a, an agreement to make the payments on this thing. And in the meantime, I tell Nikki again, hey, Nikki, I'm buying a van. We're going to do ministry. And she goes, you're taking me into the jails. And I said, okay. If you know Nikki, she's just a sweet sister in the Lord, but she could be, uh, she has some force behind her for uh, someone who's about five foot nothing. Yes. You know, I, you know, tiny little lady. I just want to stop you for a second. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew her more. Yeah. I got to meet her just one time through yeah. you. And she is a spitfire. Yeah. I mean, she has energy like you can't believe. And I don't know how old she is, but I'm sure she's, she's about 20 years older than I am. Yeah. Um, but she was, had the energy of a 30 year old. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and real quick about Nick, she was born without a hip. Right. Uh, and God healed her and she walked. Wow. Yes. Unfortunately, I, I don't know if I told you, but she passed away in January this year. Yes, I remember seeing that, and I'm yeah. sorry. To, that I'm sure you're still. Um, and she had done uh, Thanksgiving on the beach in Hermosa for 49 consecutive years for the homeless. For for yeah, well, for the, it was for the, it was more of a community thing uh, because everybody came. It just right. became such a big deal, and right. uh, we had one lady who f- would fly in from Hawaii just okay. to serve there. Wow. Yeah, it was really powerful. Okay, yeah. so Nikki and um her her ministry is legendary at this point. Um yeah. oh, because yeah. she's done so much on the beaches of um, Hermosa and Redondo. So, um thank you for bringing her up. But getting back to the prison ministry. So, what was your role in the prison ministry? Very interesting. I at this point I'd never even taught a Bible study, but uh so Nikki Somehow gets to be cleared in to go into the Los Angeles County jails, okay. which is the largest prison system in the world. You should wow. know that. Um, and uh, I, I'm okay. We're going to do this, I guess. And we were doing it along with uh, one of the elders from Hope Chapel, uh, Elder Paul, who's just a sweet, sweet man. Uh, has cerebral palsy, but God used him powerfully. He was also an author. 
and wow. wrote books. So our first trip out, we're riding in, in our newly purchased ministry van, and Nikki's sitting next to me, and she says, uh, uh, Elder Paul, you speak first, 10 minutes, whatever you want to do. I'm going to sing two songs, and Dan, you're going to teach. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you're going to teach? Okay, I'm thinking, well, 10 or 12 guys, how hard could this be, right? Never let a Bible study. They stick us in the veterans dorm with 90 guys in there. Wow. And uh, you can't, you know, I was sweating bullets when, when it came my time, but Paul does his thing. He's got these uh, guys laughing. He's got them crying. I'm like, I'm following a pro here. I can't, you know, this is not going to be good. You know, I I find that the Lord is looking for willing hearts. And so let Absolutely. me hear how God used your willing Absolutely. heart. Absolutely. So Nikki had a, has a beautiful singing voice. And as she's winding down on her second song, I still have not found anything to talk about. You know, I'm, I'm reading that the sweat is dripping off my brow onto mm-hmm. my Bible. And I finally, I just said, okay, Lord, this is all about you. You know, this, right. either you're going to do this or, or, we'll, you know, we'll see. And I get up there and I look at the guys and they're all, of course, you got them all looking at you. And I, I, I bent down and I looked down and I read whatever scripture I saw. Couldn't tell you where it was. That's how scared I was. And as I lifted my head, God started to, Give, give me, you words. And it just kept coming and coming. I taught for 15, 20 minutes. I'm not sure. But you see in these guys' eyes just get bigger and bigger. And at a point, some of their mouths start to drop open. And and I made reference to that. You ought to see your eyes right now. You know, and, uh, you know, having that background, God used that. I'm speaking right into these. They have nothing they can hide from me. I know what they're about. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I get done, I simply say, if anyone would care for prayer, they jump up and they run forward. There's just a few left in the seats. Wow. And one kid grabbed me and started, you know, hugging me and shaking me and going, that was the most anointed thing I ever heard. And I go, I'm like, I have no idea what I just said, you know. But God just uh, poured into you that day. Poured into me. And I'm hooked, right? Now I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they made me the teacher each week. Mm-hmm. And... um it was really exciting. God was giving me, you know, it was like this for several months. Then God started to back away, and I immediately realized God wants me to dive into his word and start to grow, become a mature Christian. Right. And more doors started opening up for, for ministry at that point. That's the end of part one. Tune in next week for part two of this On the Road with Jesus episode. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.